welcome to Take Note, this podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook. I'm Adam. I'm here with my friend Ted. Sometimes, Ted, I like to ask you what you had for breakfast. So you can either tell me what you had for breakfast, or you can remind me why you don't like when I ask you what you had for breakfast. I had some oatmeal with a little peanut butter and a little honey. Uh, I, I made this for the kids as well, and on the drive to school, I'd had to have a talk with them that our breakfast routine had gotten too long and involved because we were late for school. Mm. Uh, So it was a a delicious breakfast of regret and poor planning (laughs) that will have to be amended uh, tomorrow morning. It's all my fault. They've always enjoyed a lengthy, uh, leisurely breakfast. And I, I, I need to set some, I need to set some guardrails up. So, but it was good oatmeal. <laughs> Three, two, one. What did you have for lunch? What did I have for lunch? I had a double cheeseburger. I ordered a salad, and then one of the people <laughs> with me ordered the double cheeseburger. And I said, oh, I heard that double cheeseburger here is good. And she nodded yes, and the waitress nodded yes. And I said, double cheeseburger. It was fine. <laughs> you know, it was good. So they bring you a double cheeseburger and a salad after that? You just said double cheeseburger. You never said cancel the salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> double indemnity. If if they if they had only given you a single cheeseburger, do you think you would have noticed? Is it like, oh, that, that second patty. They really, only... that's what really changes the whole equation. They only do... Hmm. They only do. These are a, questions I ask myself. They only do a double cheeseburger there, but it's funny you mention that. I was at this camp out, and uh, meals were served family style. And uh, for the burger meal, there were definitely enough burgers for everyone to have a single and every dad to have a double. <laughs> and I was the only dad that put the extra patty on. All the other patties went to waste. And uh, you know, I kind of feel like you need your energy, and they weren't like the biggest. But I, I didn't, I didn't need to do it, and I felt funny about it the entire, the entire lunch. But all the other burger so? patties got thrown out. Did somebody see it? Me put the extra patty on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Did they? Did they call you old double down or or double cheese double double cheeseburger for the double rest down. of the camp? They call me old double down. Oh, old, <laughs> old daddy double down. Ted. Sometimes <laughs> on the show we uh, we talk about what we've written in our notebooks. Yes. So, uh, old Daddy Double Down's going to ask you what you got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, my son is Ewan. He plays baseball. He's eight years old. Uh, so he was playing first base. There was close play. He's in the field. He caught a tough ball. The umpire called the runner out. Uh, the opposing coaches, sensing a opportunity, raised a ruckus. Came out, you know, talking, asking if he can appeal it to the other umpire. Uh, it was, it was a pretty bad call, um, but uh, the inning was over. And then uh, I was, I was coaching third base the next half inning, and our head coach comes over to me, tells me that uh, the umpire who made the call, who was near our dugout, he uh, he took a little break in between innings, get a, you know, get a swig of water or something eat a granola bar, and he was sitting on the bench, and Ewan was sitting right next to him, uh, getting ready to hit, had his helmet on. Ump was, was let's see, sipping his, his refreshment. Ewan looked up and said, I thought he was safe. <laughs> what do you got, Adam? All right. 
Went to the library, picked up the third McCarran Slow Horses novel. It's a spy novel. And I got to thinking about this thing where I'm reading spy novels and spy books a lot lately. And what what you might think about somebody who's always reading spy novels. Or what they might think about spy novels if they're not reading themselves. And, and I wrote down this. This is very much a notebook jotting because I don't have Twitter. I wrote... Spy novels. Intelligence that doesn't have to be intelligent. <laughs> what do you got? Long long wind-up for that one. <laughs> what, what do you got? Okay, here's the extent of this note. A dog coughing on a Zoom meeting. Bronchitis. <laughs> Love it. Who says funny things can't still happen on Zoom meetings? Because I'm here to say that they can. Did did someone tell you bronchitis? Or is this, I mean, a magician never reveals his trick, so you don't have to tell me <laughs> whether it was actually bronchitis or not. Yeah. They did say it was bronchitis. They didn't explain how they knew it was bronchitis. Well, they stuck that little, that little poker in the back of, you know, the, oh. you know, the COVID nasal tests. But sure. before we put them up our nose, we used to... Put them in the back of our throats for bronchitis. Those were the oh, days. With a with a with a dog, it's tough because you can't put the the peanut butter on there for the bronchitis <laughs> test. You just got <laughs> you got to leave that thing naked. Uh, what do you got, Adam? All right, back to that camping trip. Four dads and three kids sit in a small lodge, warming in front of the fire. This this camping trip was during a legit winter storm. Got, got eight inches. Anyways, we're, we're sitting, we're warming in front of the fire. The young woman in charge of the fire, the staffer, tells us that she'll be opening the toboggan slide in the morning because she got her training two hours ago. <laughs> Another dad and I realize that the lodge is filling with smoke. <laughs> I don't think she'd had um, shoot flu training uh mm. yeah what's it called a, the toboggan what is opening toboggan slide it's a toboggan wood structure okay um we we never got to it because we did a lot of sledding while it was closed because she expired in the night from carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> that's right and she couldn't open the slide in the morning i am so glad that you said carbon monoxide poisoning because this dad that I was, the dad that I was sitting with, whose his kid was the one that wasn't there. He was he he was not happy with um, how the camp was running, and he was really fired up about how he and I should go complain. And um, despite the character I may play on this show, I'm not particularly excited to go and complain about things unless I really need to. So uh, he is leading my son Wiley and I on a charge to go complain. And I'm trying to narrow our scope. And I, yeah. I said, um, why don't we focus on do you have a carbon monoxide test in, <laughs> I think it was the, the little small lodge was called Kelsey's Place. But I felt like putting that in the, what do you got, was going to make it too confusing. Uh, and so I got him I don't that. know. Detail is the heart of storytelling or narratives, isn't that what they say? Yep, yep. But also, brevity is the soul of wit. I don't know. 
anyways. So I got him to focus on carbon monoxide poisoning and, and one other item. But so we go to the main office and we we say, we, you know, there's a little backdraft in Kelsey's place. And <laughs> <laughs> backdraft. There's a little backdraft in Kelsey's place. And uh, do, you know, can you at least tell us if there's a carbon monoxide test in there and if there's an alarm in there and whether it works? Yeah, we should have one, but you know, normally carbon monoxide is not for like fireplace smoke. Usually that's for like a uh, gas leak or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mhm. Yep. It's amazing that you survived Kelsey's place at all. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. Yep. I think I we we had a lot of carbon monoxide discussion recently. Um I was at the grocery store, and <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I was to in line. Dots connect. <laughs> I was in line behind a, a very strapping group of firefighters, and uh, just big, muscular, handsome, handsome men. And I texted Caroline and said, "I'm standing in line behind the guys who came over to our house uh, that night when we had the carbon monoxide alarm go off." Uh, they it was like two thirty in the morning. One of our CO alarms goes off. Um, well, and they he never figured out why it was false alarm. You know, spoiler alert. But uh, but uh, they I didn't uh, pick up my like we have it tied into our alarm service. So the alarm service called us. It was in the the phone was by the bed or something. I didn't have it with me, so they never got a call. So they sent the fire department over, which is the system working so it was great uh but boy oh boy these very large very friendly very helpful very large and muscular handsome firefighters sure did come over and make their way through our whole house but i saw them at the grocery store so anyway all of that has led to i think i said at one point we've got carbon carbon dioxide detectors throughout the house and my 10 year old was like carbon monoxide like right do you think (laughs) do you think it is their muscular build or their handsomeness that makes them impervious to carbon monoxide poisoning yeah it might be all the equipment they they had a great uh little detector thing waving that thing around gives them a sort of certain superhero quality when they can just walk through a house and say it's all clear it's all clear little old man go back to bed (laughs) for some reason your laundry room is radioactive (laughs) so adam what are you uh what are you writing in uh what what sort of a notebook did you put those latest what do you got into well i that last what do you got completed my hatch notebook nice. and uh and yeah actually I, I took the note today and so a, a couple things a couple like one little nice thing that i realized as i finished this notebook is that i started it on the first of the year and i finished the notebook on the 31st of january so i feel like at that. one full month with it i don't know we need a we need some sort is it shooting the moon no it's not um <laughs> but we need some sort of phrase for that um it's just a nice little uh complete complete month in a back pocket uh opening the tub you really opened the toboggan slide I really opened the toboggan slide <laughs> yep um and uh so it's the hatch book the hatch book fell apart i i feel okay. like maybe your hatch 
notebook fell apart too. Is that correct? I don't think mine did. I don't think okay. it did for whatever reason. Yeah. It hung in there. I had uh, early on in the history of this notebook. It must, I, have, it must have been somebody else that you do a notebook podcast with right. whose hatch notebook <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, the other podcast called Note Taken. Follow us on Spotify. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so it kind of fell apart. And and so I used, I found this masking tape that is uh, blue dot masking tape. Actually, it is, um, it's a blue background masking tape with negative, huh. negative spice white, white dots that goes really well with this red, white, and blue hatch print. I don't know where the heck people who i live with found this cool ass masking tape but it's it really neat delightful yep it's like it, a blue... it's not it's not a washi kind of nope. a thing it's not a washi i've got washi on the inside so that's how i'm holding this thing together i got some masking tape on the outside and what i tried to do was i tried to have most of this masking tape on the back side of the notebook and just a little bit on the front side to hold on to it and so then when the were inside... you gonna when were you gonna bring up the washi tape what is that like the big that's the big reveal. Surprise ending. Yeah. Uh, on the inside, uh, you know, the inside front cover and page one are taped up with some washi tape, a vertical stripe of washi tape. And the last page, 48, I guess, on the inside back cover have got the washi tape, too, to keep it together um, to try to just MacGyver the whole thing. And then I got and a little look at... What, what design on the washi tape... I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm colorblind. I want to say this is uh, light blue dots on a navy blue background washi tape. But there could be some purple in there. I really don't know what I'm talking about. But there's a, Actually, there's a dot motif on the, on the masking and the washi. Yeah. This reminds me, I was recently wearing a shirt and um, someone mentioned to me that there was some green in the shirt. And um, not... Well, what, it's very common for me to not know that there's a certain color in the clothing that I'm wearing. But the thing is, I said, well, isn't there red and blue? And they said, yeah, there's red and blue. I was like, and there's green too? Yep. I didn't realize there were three different colors. I thought it was a two-color shirt, but there was a third color that I knew nothing about. Um, and it's yeah. it's amazing to me that in my entire life, the, the depths of my colorblindness just continue to grow. The The things <laughs> that I don't know... I don't know yeah. that I don't know. Still, forty-three yeah. years of colorblind, forty-two years of colorblindness. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, this this masking tape revelation feels important, but it does it does also seem that the hatch print is an addition that would be friendly to some fun decorative tape repairs. Perhaps more so than some of the other editions, I would think. Yes. My wife and occasional producer of the show, it's been a while since she's produced the show, um, she said that the, she remarked that this tape looked really good on this notebook. And, you know, she doesn't really care that much. So that's saying (laughs) something. Well, isn't it always the case that the people who can see all the colors don't even care that much about all the colors? Always need to work out that way. Ted... I sent you a song the other day. Yes. And I told you I thought you would really like it. Yes. Did you really You're like right. it? Yeah. I, re- I really liked it. It's taken my family by storm, Adam. Fantastic. You've, you've caused a something of a cultural tidal wave in my household. So 
uh, out of the blue on a weekday morning, I think. Yes, weekday morning. Uh, you send me a... It wasn't even a song as I received it. It was it was the album, but it was oh, okay. it's a, a Scottish um, songwriter, singer, musician, composer by the name of Michael Mata. Uh, and I didn't know any of this at the time. Obviously, this was a he, I, I, he was completely unknown to me. Um, but you sent me this Spotify link. You said you thought I'd like it. I. Dropped the kids off in the carpool lane and fired it up on my drive from school to work. And halfway through the first song, tears were streaming down my cheeks. I, I could not understand what was happening to me. I almost couldn't understand what I was listening to. And I have since shared it with my kids. My son played it three times today after he got home from school. The album or the song? The song, well, m- mostly the one song. They're they're starting to branch out. I've listened to the album quite a few times at this point. What is the song that they? Lo- so let's let's say I want to. This is Michael Mara and Mr. McFall's Chamber, is the album. It's live on tour twenty ten. I think Chamber refers to a chamber orchestra. I think so too. Um. um so he's he's got this. Yeah, he's got something of a, a ornate backing but uh as i can tell it's it's michael mara playing piano and uh singing and he has this beautiful scottish brogue and uh, this clear voice i mean his voice has got some rasp to it and he introduces most of his songs with a with a delightful tale that you were you hearing it at a pub on a on a Friday evening in a little village in Scotland, you would think you would, had died and gone to heaven because all of his stories are funny and poignant. And then he sings a song that he's just introduced with a funny story. Now, the one that, the first song on the album that brought me to tears is called The Lonesome Death of Francis Clark, who it turns out is his uncle. It's basically a, a love letter to the uncle he never met and that his family was no longer in contact with when he died in the Yukon Territory. So tease up this song. If you're at all interested in this conversation, just pause and go and listen to it right now. Um, But uh, just it floored me. So what I want to know is, where did you come across Mr. Michael Mara? Because I know how I came across him is because you sent him to me. Okay. Yeah. So I was listening on the night of the 24th to BBC Radio 3, which is their classical music station. They do a show called Night Tracks, which is not just classical music. And it is not necessarily sleepy songs, but it's music to listen to at night. Often it's sleepy songs. And I had a my headphones in and I was reading a book and I heard the song green grow the rashes Hmm. and it stopped me in my tracks. It's a Robert Burns song, uh, which I didn't know. And I didn't really know much about Robert Burns. As I say his name now, I fear that I'm getting it wrong. 
Well, I will try and I'll try and uh, use my Wikipedia knowledge gained in a 21-minute research session to supplement whatever you say okay. about Robert Burns. Great, great. Um, and this Green Girl, the Rashes song, I, I have heard some of the other songs on the record, and I've enjoyed them. But uh, this song, the day that the next day, I listened. It's the was the only song I could listen to, and I had this song. I sang it to my son as uh, he went to bed the following night. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the song stuck in my head like no song I've ever had stuck in my yes. head. I mean, I'm I'm hyping this a little too much, but... Um, no, yeah, you're not, like, no. no it, it lived in my head, and I couldn't listen to anything else for at least a day. Um, and this was... So this was... The song that lived in your head is different from the song that has lived in my head for the last week and in the heads of my children for the last week. So so he has multiple songs that have done that. For you, is it the Lonesome Death of Francis? It's that one. Yeah. It's also Hamish, which is a song about a goalkeeper for Dundee United. And (laughs) that's what it's about. Wow. And I can't, I can't quit these songs. Uh, for, for those that think that there's no, uh, there's no reference, why we might be talking about this on the Stationary Podcast. I just want to note, and I definitely didn't learn this just now, is that his 1991 record is called On Stolen Stationary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the other thing that slightly blew my mind. And that maybe now that you describe it sort of explains it, but the day you sent me that album in which there's the Robert Burns penned song that you love, you sent it to me on Robert Burns Day. Well, and here's the thing. I sent it to you the night before, and I listened to it the night before. Yes. Although perhaps it had turned to midnight in the UK, but... Right. That week okay. on BBC Radio 3's Night Tracks, uh, they were the, the various DJs that do it, I think there's two, maybe three of them, were all doing playlists based on colors because the idea was what? to, yes, to brighten your January, to brighten the darkness of January, which they what? seem So to you're be... telling me. Yes. That some. DJ who now should soar into the stratosphere of DJ-dom played a Robert Burns song on Robert Burns Day to match the theme of songs with colors in them. Green. This was the that, green playlist. Are you sure there was green in that song? Or Green Grow the Rashes? Sorry. That was a, it was a bad uh, color blindness joke. Got it. That's um, a good. That's a great color blindness joke. Well, <laughs> since, since this DJ should uh, be recognized, it's Sarah Moore Peach, M O H R hyphen P I E T S C H. She's fantastic. Epic. It's a great show. Epic work. Well, yep. so you you send me this album. It blows my mind. And then not long not late not long after that, I was researching Michael Mara. I come across the fact that he loves Robert Burns, and then I, I go. I don't even think I got to it via that song, or maybe I did. But then I'm researching Robert Burns, and then I'm like, Robert Burns, Robert Burns Day, National Holiday of Scotland, 
that's today. So I had the the whole experience. Like if you're out there and you think that the realm of digital music, you're so jaded and cynical that nothing exciting or surprising can happen. This whole Michael Mara experience that you kicked off, even just for me, was really something. Really something. That's that's fantastic. And I, I, you know, I think we talked about this on the show when we talked about the playlist I made. But uh, BBC Radio Three is the classical station. Radio Six, I listen to their morning show every morning, and it's a, Radio Six is a free form show. You know, any genre is welcome. And uh, this Night Tracks is sort of an any genre thing as well on Radio 3. And then I know I talked about listening to FIP, the Radio France thing. Yep. And mm-hmm. these last few, I mean, I've been listening to that Radio 6 morning show for a while now. But um, I can't say enough good things about commercial-free radio that is actually created by DJs. Um, by people yep. who are creating playlists and thinking about them, and I know they're thinking about them because on uh, um, Lauren Laverne on Radio Six, uh, she gets requests and she's we've already programmed. I've got that person coming. You know, we're playing a song by the, that artist in the next few days. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. Um, yep. I just can't say enough great things about the discovery that you get from that, and not having to listen to DJs do commercials is. Fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. State sponsored radio, man. Um well I, I'm I'll probably hit up BBC Radio three to see if any of these characters from this book uh uh <laughs> I can't the rest is noise. Remember. The rest is noise. The rest is noise. I've been reading this book for feels like two months now and I still can't ever remember the title of it. But twentieth century classical music. <clears throat> Uh, feel like I'm, I'm a little bit of my head's being lifted off by the the world that I was completely oblivious to, um, but it's also key in me to how much how little I know about even the great composers, you know, pre 20th century. But well, download uh, might... the uh, download that BBC Sounds app because um, the other thing about all these it's free, it's all free, um, yeah. and that BBC Sounds app is really it works really well. Definitely. Um, but uh, you know, what really gets Michael Mara for my son yes. is, is the Scottish accent. So I he bet. says, at uh, one point he says, I'll sing the blues. And every time he said that, my son sings along. He says, I'll sing the blues. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't. You can't buy that kind of joy. And there's a line now I think about it in that, that Lonesome Death song. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a fountain. A fountain pen makes an appearance in that song. And in that, that line when that fountain pen was mentioned, my daughter turned to me and said, that's my favorite line. And I said, me too. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, You know, the couple of the reasons I knew you'd like that. First is the way that he intros almost every song. Well, I think yep. yeah, he intros almost every song. Uh, it reminds me of us listening to Robert Olkin's, uh live number two dinner, number two dinner live, um, number two live dinner. Into. Yep, which you got yeah. me into. So it reminded yeah. me of that, and um, and of course the accent. Right, I knew you were gonna love the accent oh. <laughs> and love it's, doing the accent. It's a drug. It's a drug. 
between the Scottish accent of Michael Mara and the Irish accents of Tommy Tiernan on his podcast, which I recommend, which there's no way I'm it's like the Tommy Tina and something podcast. You'll find it. Search for Tommy Tiernan. Uh, you just <clears throat> you touch all the all the corners of the United Kingdom for some sweet, sweet Anglo accent sounds. Well, so I, I appreciate you bringing that magic into my life, Adam. In addition to all the other magic you bring into my life on a on a regular basis. Oh, that's what I do. Well, let's do it again next week. What do you say? That sounds wonderful. You can find us on the internet at takenote.space. That's a good place to sign up for our newsletter, which, uh, you know, we try to expand on conversations that start here, dig a little deeper, introduce new topics, uh, just kind of keep the flow, keep the flow moving, the ideas bouncing around. Um, and you can, if you go over there, you can find a link to, uh, to our Patreon. If you do want to support the show, we would really appreciate it. The people who already support the show, it's amazing. Um, enables us to just keep this thing flowing. And uh, take care.